All right, welcome back to another episode of Table Talk. No, I don't want to do the outro. to another episode of Table Talks where deeper conversations are something highly sought after but rarely explored and today we're feeling extra spicy so I have with me as always my lovely co-host Alyssa. Hi sunflowers how are you? I'm stretching sorry. That's why I was trying to finish my stretch but then you interrupted me and then I was like no I'm not doing the outro. (laughs) Fuck that shit. I am fabulous today that is a great adjective i am i'm feeling absolutely fabulous today i had a great day yesterday i went to our a little local event i freaking love it and my spouse loved it it was his first time going so i had a great night i came home went to bed woke up very nicely this morning and just in a great mood, so I'm feeling fucking fabulous. I had a great breakfast, I'm hydrating, feeling good, so I'm doing all the things. So yeah, it's because we're headed into my luteal phase. I think that's the one right after my period. I'm feeling good. Luteal second? I don't know. I, I can't remember. Follicular. Am I, am I heading into follicular? There. Me too. So I'm just we're feeling extra good right now. Because you're finally getting over that after period grogginess. Yeah, the like the head fog is wild while I'm on my period. I like, I read the same email like eight times on Friday, and I was like, "Girl, what the fuck is up?" And I was like, "Oh my god, it's like my last day. I am just like exhausted." I was like, "It's the last day. I'm bloated as fuck. I can't concentrate for the love of God. It's also fucking Friday." And it's like three in the afternoon. I have an hour left to work. I just want to go home. <laughs> I was feeling it hard. So I'm definitely having the like almost like post nut clarity, post period clarity. Let's call it that. Post period clarity. I was like, I don't PPC. want to call it. PPC. Yeah, PPC. So yeah. So how have you been, my lovely dear? I have been just that. Lovely. <laughs> um, I actually got a tattoo yesterday. Whoop, whoop. Explain what is it? Um, it's pretty sentimental, so I'm not going to go too far into it, but it is a sunrise, and it is for my dad, so that he's always with me. That's awesome. It's right on my left wrist, so I can look at it at any time, and I absolutely love it. It is just a small, simple tattoo. I haven't gotten a tattoo in, like, three years, and I was like, oh, I can't wait. You just, I got so excited. I was mm. like, can we do it, like, today? <laughs> She's like, unfortunately, no, I don't have an availability, but I can do it tomorrow. And I was like, tomorrow's great. <laughs> tomorrow's good. That's perfect. Yep. So I went with a friend, and we had a blast. She got a tattoo, and then I got mine. Um, I hit some traffic yesterday, which I should have expected, but it definitely didn't. Um, and it was just a good time. We got food after. And nice. What like kind of nice, food did you guys get? Pastrami panini. Mm. It was delicious. Nice. A little mustard. 
Nice. I've been feeling the mustard game lately. I don't know what's up. I'm not a huge mustard Dijon girl. Dijon mustard is, like, uh, see, so good. Like, Dijon or a nice, like, sweet brown mustard I like. Or what's the other one I like? I like honey mustard, but, like, I can't be too sweet. But I like a nice, like, a nice sweet brown mustard lately has, like, been my shit i've been putting it on like my sandwiches and i'm like who the fuck am i with this fucking mustard shit and I'm like, all right whatever so i respect it respect That's it like, i never really liked mustard like i never had like mustard on a hamburger or hot dog or anything no, like same. i was always like a plain person like plain hamburger see just like ha- just hamburgers no cheese no ketchup nothing it was just like salt oh. Like, that was a little bit of salt, and that was how I used to eat it. Like, so weird. But, like, now I actually eat those things and have condiments. And so, like, mustard is, like, there's so much in my fridge for mm. cooking. Because I do. It's, like, spicy brown mustard. Yeah. Like, coarse ground. Yes. Like, um. You have, like, your German mustard. Yeah, like, the Dijon and everything. Yeah. Like, I just, I love them, especially cooking, like, with chicken, like, sauces. Yes. So, I was, like, I think they put yellow mustard on it, honestly. And I went home, and I was eating the other half, and I was, like, no, this needs Dijon. And it was perfect. Awesome. That's great when you have just, like, an overall, like, great day. Oh, those are the best. Yeah, it's so nice. It's actually interesting, though, because I've had two tattoos thus far, and this one was more painful than the other two, which I was surprised about. Um, But one's on my foot and my, like, calf, and then the other one's behind my ear. And people said that both of those would hurt, and they didn't. I didn't feel it. I have a good pain tolerance, though. But this one, I just, like, don't have enough meat on my bones around my wrist. And I was like, ooh. It's also, like, right at your wrist. is You're hitting, like, those are where, you're, like, you, your nerves are. You've That's got, like, exactly. major tendons. Like, I, that shit's rough. I felt so bad for her. But I, I was like, I'm so sorry to be picky. But um, I had her replace it three different times because it was either, like, either two left, two right. I actually had her move it back, too, so that I could still get, like, blood drawn if I need to and I can see the veins. Mm-hmm. Also so that it's not past my sleeve. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it was. It was, like, right on the edge where, like, my bones meet. And yeah. then right at that pressure point, I actually get seasick and, like, car sick. So I have little bands that sit on the pressure point there. And the sun is actually right there on the center. So every time she touched it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't too bad, but I was like, wow, I'm surprised that my wrist is the place that, like, actually hurt a lot instead of, like, my foot or, like, behind yeah. my ear, which I was, it's really soft behind the ear. Yeah. So I was, like, surprised it didn't hurt as much. Yeah, no, my neck tattoo was probably, like, my worst one, and that's because it's, like, directly on my spine. It's right at, like, my hairline. So, like, that's the one that, like, hurt the most, but it didn't even really, it didn't hurt. It just felt really fucking weird because my eyeballs were jiggling at, like, at, like, with the tattoo (laughs) gun. And I was like, I was like, can I close my eyes? He goes, if you can keep your head straight. And I was like, I can't. And he was like, you good? And I was like, can we pause for a minute? I was like, my eyeballs are jiggling everywhere, and it's, like, really fucking weird and he was like yeah we can stop for a minute does it hurt and I was like no I think I'm so focused on my eyes jiggling that I don't feel the pain but the way that it healed was definitely painful it's like trippy yeah oh my gosh yeah it's so trippy (laughs) because like you said like I have some on my wrist and like your hands do twitch and your artist will be like are you good and I'm like I'm good that's involuntary (laughs) I know she was like I think she was looking at my facial expressions more than anything because every now and then I'd be like ooh like make a face but, like, it, overall, it wasn't too bad. Like, it was still very... You just zone out at some point with yeah. tattoos, and you just don't feel it anymore. But that spot, in particular, was just so bad. And my fingers were, they were, like, jiggling up and down, and I was like, we're good, right? <laughs> like, just, you know, my nerve endings are just like, oh, cool, what's happening? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's like when you get that 
people like knock your knee and mm-hmm. your foot kicks out. It's like similar. <laughs> that involuntary movement. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it all healed up. I'm like I always get really red. Yeah. I bled a little too. It's just like the normal. Yeah. Usually when you have a lot of shading, it bleeds. Yeah, so it's pretty swollen. It's not too bad now. I put some aqua on it, and I look forward to it. Good. That's awesome. Sounds like we both had um, great weekends. Yes, ma'am. What are we talking about today? Um, Well, first we have to do our word of the week, darling. (gasps) Oh, are we keeping it just to the beginning? I would like to keep it just to the beginning. I think that's a good place to have it, and then, you know... Uh, picking our word of the week that might be able to roll into our topic episode is probably a nice way to transition segments. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. All right. So here is our emotion of the week. It is inquisitive. Love that word. Yes. So the definition is to give, given to inquiry, research, or asking questions, eager for knowledge, intellectually curious. Perfect. Because I know that I'm intellectually curious about our topic today. Which is? <laughs> well, we don't necessarily have a name for this episode. We usually pick out the names beforehand, but we're like not totally sold on the name of this episode. So we're talking about celibacy and lack of intimacy. And why those things are important. I think what they are, because I think people have a different understanding of what they are than what they actually are. Because um, I know I definitely did. Um, and just like why it's important to keep the lines of communication which is something we preach on here and this is just another perfect example of why communication is so important especially in these categories so why do you feel so inquisitive about it just you like want to know more i want to know more and i think like there are things that i don't understand about it because i'm not someone that i could hold celibacy like that's not on the table for me I have a very high sex drive and at some point doing it for myself just isn't enough so I gotta get it from an outside source even if it is outsourcing (laughs) outsource that shit (laughs) um basically wow I was outsourcing things long before I think I understood outsourcing um (laughs) so I think because I'm not someone who could be celibate or someone that really experiences, like, lack of intimacy unless it's, like, a, you know, like, going long periods of time without seeing a partner. I don't think I quite understand it because I don't think I would actively choose either one of those things. So I'm I'm very, like, inquisitive about this topic. Yes. I love the word inquisitive. I think that what I pick up on, I know it's not spelled like that, but quiz. Yeah. Because I always think about, like, when you're inquisitive, you're always asking questions. Yes. And you're just like, yeah. really, you just want to know everything and absorb it all. And again, back to the definition, eager for the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to use it in a sample sentence? An example sentence? Well, didn't I? I'm very inquisitive about our topic today. Perfect. I'm ready to go. That's why I was like, oh, we, we looked at the emotion wheel. We have an emotion wheel now hanging in our lovely studio closet. Um, and we were like, she was like, which one do you want? And so we chose from, like, the big topics. And then I said, happy. And then we went from there. And I was, like, inquisitive because I am inquisitive about this topic. So yeah. it just fit perfectly with this week's episode. Yeah. And I when we wrote out the schedule, kind of, like, what some topics we wanted to put in, when we talked about our sex series, 
I brought up the fact that we should talk about celibacy and lack of intimacy. Absolutely. Because it is part of relationships and, and sex, and it can happen yeah. on, at any given point. So I think it's important to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I don't think I would ever actively choose it, but I also know why people will actively choose these things as well. Like, I yeah. think I understand it. It's not like that, like, I would do it myself, but I understand why certain people or people in relationships choose these sort of things. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's not even a choice for some people. Mm. Just something happens and you're not able to. Yeah. And so then by kind of default, you you are celibate. Right, yeah, absolutely. So that's a great point. Do you want to give us, like, do you have a definition for celibacy? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, So celibacy is abstaining from marriage or sex or Mm -hmm. both. You can do both. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that there is a difference between celibacy and abstinence. Yeah. um, Which is different than what I thought it was. Yeah, me too. (laughs) When we kind of went over our show notes briefly before, this was not what I had anticipated like the definition or the meaning behind abstinence being. So do you mind telling us what it is? So, abstinence is a decision to not have sex until a certain time frame or something Mm. happens, like an occurrence. Um, So, like, think about, you know, if you were to have religious beliefs, you know, no sex before marriage, the condition is marriage. Right. There's always, like, a condition to the abstinence. You will not have sex until marriage. Right. That's the condition. Right. Celibacy is the choice to abstain from sex for an extended period of time and up to your entire lifetime you yeah. could be celibate for your entire life um Monks i think it could be that, i think it could be short periods of time as well yeah but i thought it was interesting because when i was thinking about the difference between the two i just thought abstinence had to do with specifically like marriage or yeah. like something to where you're abstaining from sex for a certain period of time i was thinking i always thought there was, was like, like a religious belief behind abstinence versus like almost like a condition behind it I always thought it was geared towards religion only, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was very much like, oh, it's it's very, like, religious or cultural-based. So I was very, like, in that realm, not, like, some people have the, oh, I'm going to abstain from sex until I'm 18. Because then, you know, I feel like my brain's fully formed. Or, oh, I'm not going to have sex until I go to college or whatever. But there's a, it's more like a condition than it is, like, an actual, like religious implication or a cultural implication yeah and both have the same kind of definition you're still abstaining from sex and or marriage it's just that one has a condition to where when it would cease right and one doesn't and right it's sometimes for an extended period of time up to a lifetime yeah which i think is very interesting yeah, I, did. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm Interesting like, to find out. Yeah, no, not that I could ever be one of those people, but honestly, all the more power to you because you don't give in to the simple desires. Seriously. I think it's different for everybody because some people have different views on sex. Just like Mm -hmm. we talked about last week where, like, you know, people that are asexual don't have attraction but still want sex. Some people may not be attracted and don't necessarily want sex. Right. So you could practice celibacy. Right. So it's just a little bit different. Uh, There's a plethora of reasons why you could be celibate. Do you want to give a – do you have a couple reasons as to, like, why someone might be celibate? I have more than a few reasons. All right. All right. So give us – give us – give us what you got. So reasons could be, you know, to feel more empowered. 
Okay, um, that's fair. Move your attention away from sex and relationships. Mm. Focus on personal development, religious beliefs, is what you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, medical reasons, so like STI, pain, maybe you have pain during sex. Um, sex addiction, reduce the possibility of getting pregnant. Um, you know, maybe it's a space, it provides space for you to get to know your partner until, mm. you know, without that sexual activity or that pressure for sex. Um, helping understand the difference between physical and emotional attraction. Mm. I think, is that the train going by? If you guys heard that, that's the train. I live, like, a, only a few blocks from a train nearby, but it rarely ever goes by and does that. So, um, hello, train. But um, I think when it comes to, like, the celibacy part, when it comes to the, you said personal development, and I was like, oh, that hit ahead. Because for me, last year, after my relationship ended, I took, like, a solid six to eight weeks where I didn't even masturbate. I just solely focused on like, what are my emotional needs and what, how are those different from the physical desire? Like, why am I having this physical desire and where does that emotionally come from? Like, I definitely took that, that route of like personal development and intertwining the difference between physical and emotional needs and connection. I think I picked out the same as personal development and also the one that I didn't mention yet is the focusing on your career, family, and friendships, Mm. um, as well as the religious beliefs, because those are the ones that, like, you're used to seeing and what I could think is behind celibacy. Personal development one is definitely a huge one. Um, I think that when you are celibate, it gives you the chance because... You know, especially when you're, like, a teenager, for example. Like, your hormones are constantly running. Oh, my God, rampant. And to think about, like, you're always thinking about sex or, like, something to do with it. Or, like, right. dirty thoughts. Right. And so, like, when you take the time to just, like, focus on other things and, like, really reflect that onto into yourself and put that effort there, you're definitely going to make some self-growth choices during that period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I can tell you those eight weeks were exceptional moments of, like, large strides in self-growth large strides so like i can see why people will choose to abstain from it i think for me the religious beliefs while i know it is more like commonly seen is a little bit harder for me to grasp the concept of why yeah i i i don't um i have my own beliefs but as far as what i understand it's really just um abstaining from sex so because it's like love involved like you have to wait until love and marriage and they're kind of like intertwined and I think that's hard for me to understand yeah but like culturally that's not the same because the uh, think about like arranged marriages like it's not that's not love so you have you're you're placed into an arranged marriage and then okay now you're married and now you're expected to have sex and produce children like that is but is it the purity factor I guess essentially for both, yeah, both sides, religious or cultural, it is a purity factor. But it, it doesn't mean that I understand it. I'm very much like you that I don't, I don't quite grasp the understandings. And I grew up very religious in a very religious household. Yeah. I feel like I'd love to know more about that in particular. Yeah, um, I feel like I have so many questions to ask. <laughs> just on that one, like everything else, I kind of can understand, like right. the empowerment, like yeah. if you had a, like an addiction to sex or like a medical reason. I just like would love to know more about what the reasoning behind like religious and cultural beliefs around. Yeah, it. why mm-hmm. it's specifically marriage. Yeah, but why is it not like an age? I don't know. I think, I think too, I think, I think you're right. I think the purity factor would definitely be the thing, but I think it's also, 
I know, because that really does kind of go back to the purity factor. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's, like, the relationship with your god or gods, whatever you believe in. Like, right. Well, or if it's, you know, the that it should be saved for a certain period of time or when you meet the right person. Because um, I, I had similar feelings. Like, I was, like I said, I'm, I'm considered celibate when I was until I was 19. I did not have any sex. I yep. was a virgin until I was 19. And so, but I made that choice. Like, right. Um, there wasn't anything that was conditional holding you back. You just decided, oh, I'm not ready. Yeah. I want to explore myself before I... And I kind of thought that I should be older. Like, I wasn't not open to it, but, like, I wanted to know that I was going to make the right choice um, with a clear, open head with the right person. Right. And so, like, I I had my own conditions and, like, what I was waiting for. Um, But I wasn't sure how long it was going to be, and it was. It was an extended period of time. I I think I started thinking about sex when I was like... Twelve, thirteen. Yeah, when I started reading spicy novels, and my mom didn't know that they were spicy novels. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I was like reading James Patterson books, and like those are were not for a twelve-year-old. And Dean Koontz books, like those are not for someone who is like ten to twelve years old. And then I was like, wow, I'm feeling things, and I was like, oh, oh that's nice. We like that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I think I have so many questions around religious and, like, cultural beliefs. I can definitely... I do have a lot of questions around that. But the, the other reasons... Um, empowerment is a huge one. Mm. I, oh, my I God, yes. I love that idea. It's just, like, because it's your choice. You are making the decision to either abstain or when you are ready to decide to have sex so it is about like having that confidence and it empowers you to make your own choices and set your own all those boundaries around it do you think you're so connected to it because you made that choice i don't know i am very glad with the decision i made Mm. when i waited like i think when i was going through it i was like "Mm, why can't i find anyone that's like cool enough to do this yeah but, because, again, high school is very, like, you see everyone in these, like, on and off relationships and yep. you're flirting and all that. And you're like, why can't I be a part of that? But at the same time, I think looking back on it, it was, like, a really big growth period for me. I, like, really learned about stuff. Plus, it, while I, I was celibate, I was still doing, like, my own, like, research and, right. like, gaining more knowledge around things like sex and relationships so that I knew what I was getting into. And I was, like, fully prepared for it. But, like, I did feel pretty empowered and confident that I wasn't going to, like, be peer pressured into it. Right. I was like, no, this is my choice. I'm not going to do this until I'm ready. Yeah. And that gave me, like, that really big confidence to just walk up and be like, hi, how How are are you? you? Yeah. And openly talk with people and know that, like, okay, no, I'm solidified in my boundary of, like, I'm not doing this. I just want to get to know you as a person before we're going to do this down and dirty, vulnerable act. Yeah, and just like everything else, I'm pretty blunt and pretty forward, so yeah. I, I always brought it up. Like, if anything was to head towards that direction, I was like, hey, just so you know, like, I am a virgin. I am not having sex until I'm prepared and ready. And, mm-hmm. and you will not change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, if that's what you're in here for, like, you can go. <laughs> Find somebody else, because that ain't happening. I thought the, the move away, your attention away from, like, relationships or sex was an interesting take on it, um, because... I don't think I've been so engrossed in my relationship or, like, thinking about sex to where I would need to get my mind taken, like, get my attention elsewhere. Do you feel like that might be a reason you could be celibate? Like, if you're talking about, like, you really enjoy sex and, like, your thoughts are constantly with sex. 
oh my god yeah I'm like the dirtiest person alive like you can't catch me not making a dirty comment like my friends are always like rolling their eyes at me being like really already like you haven't even been in the door five minutes and I'm like do you know me like what the fuck like um I don't know can you repeat that question again and so the reasoning could be is like moving your attention away from relationship to sex and I was explaining that like I have never felt that engrossed in like a relationship or sex to where I feel like I kind of like needed to re-empower myself around it or like take back and and maybe abstain from sex and I was asking if that could be a reason maybe you decided to try being celibate oh for sure I mean I think I went through a like very brief period at the end of my last relationship not being intimate with my partner because there wasn't a space that was cultivated that I trusted the person. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be intimate with you if I can't even trust your actions when I'm not around. Mm. So, like, I was like, mm, I I don't feel anything. And, like, I've had emotionless sex. Like, I did it for two years. Like, I can have emotionless one-night stands and not give a fuck, like, and get my needs met. But in a relationship, I can, I have, like, been celibate simply because the other person wasn't meeting my needs in like an emotional way and it they were no longer trustworthy in my eyes because you know I caught them cheating multiple times like okay I don't trust you first of all for my own health my own sexual health but now I also don't trust you in like an emotional fashion with this vulnerable act so like fuck you I'm out yeah because then you can yeah. have the ability the possibility of getting like STIs or even yeah. pregnancy when it's unwanted yeah absolutely yeah, I, I definitely did. I want to say probably the last, like, three weeks of the relationship that I had, we didn't sleep together. And we were a very, like, intimate couple in that way that, like, that was something we did nightly. Like, it was part of our relationship routine. Yeah. And it, it it's just a cha- deteriorated. It's a change in our relationship. Yeah, there. like, it, it just started. We had, like, one massive fight, and it just, like, deteriorated after that. And, you know, caught him cheating multiple times in those last, like, three weeks. And I was like, I don't even feel safe to have sex with you for my own emotional and, like, physical and sexual well-being. Like, I can't trust you. So, like, yeah, I, I can cut it off without an issue if there's a reasoning. But I need, like, I need a, con- I need a condition to be abstinent at that point. So that to me didn't feel celibate because there was a condition. I'm I'm abstaining from this act because you're giving me reasons to not trust you and not be safe in this environment. Yeah, that does sound like the abstinence. Yeah, that it was there was a condition about it. There wasn't just like, oh, I'm celibate because I want to take back my power and fuck you. Like no, like it was like, I am I'm taking this like this out of our relationship because you're doing things that don't make me safe to have sex with you. Because refused to wear a condom, whether it was with me or with others. And I was like, I'm not, we're not doing this game. Oh my god. This is a very tumultuous, yeah, like. sexual health at risk. Yeah, very, very much so. So, yeah, no, I, I have, but not in a way that was, like, an extended period of time. So, like, if you, if you count those three weeks, I, it may have been almost three months I had not had sex or not had done any sort of self-pleasure bad for me it's a long fucking time now that I look back at it like shit bitch (laughs) but it's interesting though because you talk about self-pleasure too yeah and well I didn't realize this but when I did a little bit of research and reading Mm. um some of the articles mentioned about that celibacy can or cannot include solo yeah you can you can still masturbate if you wanted to if that was your like the definition of celibacy is different especially among 
personal definitions, cultural definitions. So the recommendation is to do your research on like what kind of celibacy you're looking for. Mm. But they do say that some people will practice celibacy and still do masturba- masturbation because you know you're you're still being in tune with you and your body and that's still the empowerment but you're just not bringing in like that sexual with another person um as well as something called outer course okay i've heard this term and i think really you heard the term oh my god yeah i was like what the fuck is outer course yeah i know i've heard about it um but i i don't think i quite fully understand it so maybe with your research and my already knowledge of, like, okay, I know what outer course is. Like, maybe we can piece things together. So, so yeah, what did you gather from your research? I don't think I have, like, the full understanding quite there. Like I said, I was just kind of, like, baseline looking into yeah. what it was. But, so, we think about intercourse. That's yeah. the word. So, inter, you know, probably entering, like, P, P and V, you know, <laughs> P and A. <laughs> like, you know, P to P. <laughs> Whatever. But... So, outer course can, the, again, the terms can change on definition, but it's typically something where you're having everything but sex. So, that could be everything but penetration, or you could, you know, maybe it's just cuddling, kissing, hugging. Like, you were able to do everything with a partner except actual intercourse where you're penetrating. Yeah. And, so, like, I've known outer course to be also, like, you can rub the P against the V, but no, not enter. Yeah, see, the, the, the yeah. definition can change. Like, it's just upon what you feel comfortable with. Like, right. maybe I feel just comfortable, like, hugging, kissing, cuddling, but you're okay with oral. Or, like, right. like I said, you're the rubbing, the P versus the V. Yeah. Like, it just depends, but that is considered outer course because you're not having penetration sex. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, huh, Okay. So, like, you can still be celibate, but still be doing all, like, some of the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> with the outer course. So, like, yeah. uh, your definition, your, your type of celibacy can change depending on what your, like, preference is. Yeah, and honestly, I, I feel like when you when you decide to or vow to be celibate, it's very much a personal choice. And there's something and what going on with you. you. Yeah, there's something that you're trying to figure out for yourself or yeah. something that you're trying to explore for yourself. And I think that's so important to really do your research and set your boundary. Like, okay, I, especially if you're still going to continue to date or you still want to see someone or something like that and you decide to take this vow of celibacy or even if you're intimate with a partner already and you want to take a vow of celibacy, Mm -hmm. discuss what that looks like. Like, okay, we're not going to do... So I know that we've been doing this for a really long time, but these are the things that, like, I'm no longer comfortable doing because I want to explore, you know, myself or I want to explore other ways of intimacy without intercourse. And I think that's just a very open conversation and, you know, realize what your boundaries are. I love that you brought that up because I think there's a misconception that celibacy is, like, you're just not having anything. Like, no sex, nothing, no relationships. And that's not necessarily the case. You can be celibate in a relationship. Whether that's you guys have talked about it from the you know get go and you just celebrate throughout the relationship, or it's something where your relationship has evolved or something has changed within you and you decide to become celibate. Yeah, but just make your partner aware of that. Like you can't just all of a sudden make a change in your relationship if sex is something or being in having intercourse and that level of intimacy is something that your relationship has had the entire time. You can't just all of a sudden be like. I'm not having sex with you. Like, you need to explain your reasoning. You need to have an open dialogue and set your boundaries and discuss with your partner what their needs are now that you're being celibate. Like, what are they What are they going to need? 
because you don't want them you you know this could cause a lot of resentment and that could cause them to step out of the relationship when that's not the intention absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head with that <laughs> like the tips that you're giving even um because that is what i had i wrote down some tips just in case but like doing the research starting with yourself like i said we're talking about it being a very personal choice and that could be like from internal or external circumstances mm-hmm. you really just have to like feel it within you why you want to why you're trying to make that choice or vow to make that choice and then like doing your research and you're right setting the boundaries really being open and communicating what you can will want and won't do mm-hmm. bring that out. around <laughs> yeah um, and just being very honest especially if you are in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. um you know, communicating your needs and also exploring other ways to be intimate. Oh and my we're God. Talk I about think this intimacy. Is huge. I can't wait to do that next episode because I think it's so important. Next episode, girl. Next section. Oh, sorry. My <laughs> God. Like, uh, yes, the next episode. <laughs> only because no. I feel like this is so meaty that I'm like, oh my God, this could be its whole own episode. I think they kind of go hand in hand. Like you yeah. said, we're talking about exploring other ways of being intimate. And so then we also have to talk about lack of intimacy if you have that as well. But, you know, exploring that there are other things besides sex and ways to be intimate. They're not synonymous. No. And so, you know, cuddling, touching, physical affection, those are other ways. You're spending time doing projects together. Like, those are other ways you can build intimacy. Mm Mm-hmm. And still have a successful relationship while you are being celibate. Yeah, and also I think personal development plays a big role in this, like, uh, level of intimacy. If you're both doing personal development, you want to have a space that you can come and talk to the other person about these personal development things that you're doing. Like, for me, I I was very much into, you know, psychedelics, and I found that microdosing is something that significantly helps my mental health. So I had that open dialogue with my spouse, and he was very, very supportive because it was best for me. And that's a level of intimacy that I haven't experienced because there's so much negativity around, oh, well, you just do drugs. And it's like, I mean... Yeah, but no. Yeah, like, that's very surface level. And and being able to have that intimate conversation about why this is important to me, why I think it's going to be beneficial for not only me, but our relationship, that's very intimate. So, like, there are other levels of intimacy outside of intercourse. And I think... There's so many. I honestly, again, while researching, found... I'm not even... We're not even going to go over this fully in, in this episode, but there was, like five or six different types of intimacy physical emotional spiritual like yeah. there's so many different types of intimacy that you can experience it's i think physical is so surface level physical is so physical attraction yeah it's so surface level like you know and that's why i think i really liked when i first really got into like figuring out different levels of intimacy i think that's why i really like the five love languages because those are like different types of intimacy with your partner like they find their needs being met when they're getting physically touched when they're getting their you know you're doing something for them when you're buying them a gift when you're spending time with them when like those sort of things that's a different level of intimacy that people don't think about they're just like, oh, no, like, that's just a need. Like, no, that's a level of intimacy when someone can look at you and be like, hey, babe, like, I, I bought you this while I was at the store because I was thinking of you. That's a level of intimacy that someone that is outside of your relationship may be like, oh, well, you're, like, wasting money on them. And it's like, no, like, 
they're speaking to that person's love language, which is so intimate. Well, I think the idea, too, of intimacy is, like, you you know enough about the person. Like, kind of like you, you know that person inside and out. Yes. Enough to, like, know how they want to be loved, what they like. Yeah. And, and What and, kind of alcohol they want to drink, what kind of coffees they tolerate, like, what their favorite food preferences are. Like, that, those are levels of intimacy that people just, like, glaze over and think is, like... Also, think about the terms we talk about. We talk about, like, oh, you know, we call sex being intimate sometimes. And, like, yes, it is a form of intimacy, but it's not the only one. Yeah. And that's why being intimate, I'm like, yeah, you can be intimate, but, like, there are so many levels of that being intimate. But, like, you have to be so vulnerable when it comes to sex. Like, getting to that intimacy, that level... You gotta, you gotta have some other forms of intimacy in there that you may not even categorize as intimacy because you think that those are healthy parts of your relationship, which they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I so much want to, I so badly want to deep dive further into intimacy, which we will in a second. I just want to bring up this other term that I learned more recently um, and kind of what it is and how it ties into celibacy and where there's a little caution sign. Um, so the term is incels. Mm. I had heard this around like the TikTok, but I didn't really fully understand what it was. I heard it in a movie one time and that was it. So, so incels is a self-identified community of people who desire sexual activity, but are unable to find partners who will engage in sex. So it's like, you're almost like involuntarily celibate. Mm. So again, thinking about the, the word celibate, you're choosing to not, you know, have sex or marriage but you're involuntarily because you can't find somebody to do said activity with. Mm -hmm. And so why I say be careful is because while this community is supposed to be about like empowering and sharing ideas and and similar thoughts, um, it has been known for the tendency to validate like feelings of anger, resentment, um, and it sounds like sometimes violence, which I thought Mm. was kind of scary. That is scary. Yeah, so I just say, like, watch watch who you're talking to with caution. Yeah. Um, I definitely have heard the term incels used in a very negative light. Yeah, because that's it is, like, people that are putting to violence. I think you actually talked about a trend a while back, which was, like, I immediately thought of the term incels, um, which was that guys were going on TikTok and saying, oh, like, my God. oh, what if I took you on a date and paid for everything and then I fucking, like, slit your throat? Yes. Oh my god. Oh, wait. That I'm in a trigger warning this section for death just in case and like a violence violence is the trigger. Yeah, this that was intensely terrifying on TikTok. I was like what the fuck is going on? Like that that's not that's not okay. Like to me that's very much like like do men even actually like women, which I think we need to do an entire topic about. In oh my the first gosh, place. not after the article I read. Um yeah, oh Jocelyn knows my struggle. I, I read an article at, like, 7 a.m. the other day, and I was just absolutely disgusted with the world that I'm living in. Yeah. Um, we will get into that. Maybe th- maybe next episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we have another another topic about it. But it definitely, like, I think, I think you're valid in feeling frustrated and angry about the fact that you don't have these intimate acts, but I don't think that that resonates with being violent about it. Like, I don't think that that should be the outcome. I think we talk about, the, like I said, some of the reasons why people choose to be celibate, which is personal development, and I think the people that are being called these terms, the incel term, is, are the people that aren't using the, the celibacy hmm. to look inside of themselves, because 
if you're really struggling to find a partner and like it's over and over time and time again I always say to people like when they say they have the same problem with different people I'm like what is the common denominator? Mm. Oh God, you say that all the You time. are the I'm common like, denominator. Yeah. Like, I, I know like, that's Like, look ha- yourself in the mirror. It's very hard to do, but like, if you are the, if time and time again, you are having the same result, like, you should try, just like that phrase, you know, why are you going to keep doing things over and over and expect the same result? Like, you need to be doing things differently. And if, if you are the common denominator, like, maybe you need to address that. Are you saying things that are really like, kind of toxic or shitty? Like, are you behaving very forward and like aggressive? Like what is happening on your end? Are you creating a safe space for these people that you're trying to be sexually active with? Yeah, absolutely. Or are you throwing up red red flags from the minute they walk in the door? Cause like, honey, that ain't, that ain't cute. You need the green flags. Yeah, we like green flags. All right, we are gonna take a short break and we will really deep dive into lack of sex and intimacy. Okay, welcome back, my lovely people. We are going to deep dive into lack of sex and intimacy, and I included this in this episode in particular because I think these are kind of like the one-off things that sometimes happen. Like yeah. Sometimes you're celibate or you choose to be celibate, and sometimes there's in relationships there's a lack of sex or intimacy, and they are going to recur, so I think it's important to talk about. Oh, absolutely. So- I, think, I think almost as if the lack of intimacy, I, how do you feel about this? The, the situation that I gave you with my, my ex-spouse and how I, you know, the last three weeks I had chosen celibacy, does that feel like a chosen celibacy or does that feel like a lack of intimacy? Um, it definitely feels like a lack of intimacy and I would say that it's more on the abstinence scale like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier um, because it's a... There's a, there's a there was condition. a condition yeah um but also i think relationship problems can be a huge factor i mean you're talking about your sexual health your mental well-being around sex and your partner wasn't being supportive of that mm-hmm. and so that communication kind of broke down and so it led to a lack of sex and intimacy yeah um i would say it's probably more of a lack of sex i don't know how you felt about like if your intimacy had changed because they are again not synonymous oh very much so i mean i was very much like spending my mornings like i would used to like lay in bed and wait for my spouse to wake up and i got to a point where i was like i'm done laying in bed i've got shit to do and I was getting up and doing the things that I needed to do for me, whether that was cleaning the kitchen, like, you know, making my coffee, doing my journaling, doing my yoga, like, you know, watching a, a morning med- meditation or a morning motivation video. Like, I was very much going back to, like, my morning habits versus, like, solely wrapping my day or my morning, like, around waiting for them to wake up. There wasn't that level of intimacy of, like, being there when they woke up and having cute little moments in the morning. It was very much like, okay, well, you're sleeping. Like, I got shit to do. I'm not feeling close to you, so I'm going to go do the things I need to do. Hmm. There was definitely, like, a lack of intimacy there because there was no trust. Like, I couldn't trust you. So, like, how can I be intimate with someone that I don't have any level of trust with? I think trust is a huge factor. I think that that would definitely be a valid reason. I was just kind of moving the, the pieces in my mind around yeah. the fact that, like, is, is are you getting, like, when you're getting up in that situation, is it really a lack of intimacy? Because I, I personally didn't, I don't think so. Like, yes, spending time in the morning, having those cute little moments is, would be some type of intimacy, but, like, you taking care of yourself and because you're a morning person and not waiting for the other person 
to like wake up. Get is, up at like I don't 10 a.m. That when I'm of, like awake at seven. And yeah, I'm like, I what the fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't really put that under the, like the lack of intimacy realm because I think that you were probably still doing a lot on the other like half of the day to integrate and like have more intimacy with your partner. But also, did you really want to enter that realm and you felt very yeah. distrusting of what was happening around your sexual health? Yeah, I think. I think the I felt like I was leaving behind the intimacy because we were having intimate moments in the morning that it felt like oh it's just us in the world like there's no one else mm-hmm. and it's like oh okay I feeling. right but then you're like leaving that behind because there is that level of like how do I like I couldn't help but think in those moments like how do I know you're not having these little moments when I'm not here with somebody else like fuck you you are getting these little moments when you're crying that way you're not feeling a level of intimacy or you're feeling disconnected and you're feeling like oh I'm not doing the things that I used to do for this relationship and it's like yeah well damn right I'm not like you're not doing the things you used to do for this relationship either like you're stepping out and having these intimate moments with somebody else that's such a tough conversation yeah Oh man! All right, we, I think we, we said, I think we said the word intimacy enough. Let's yeah. Define this here. Lack of it. So intimacy is a closeness between people in personal relationships. Um, it can be both physical and emotional, um, and it's what builds over time. So as you connect with someone, you grow to care about each other and feel more and more like comfortable, vulnerable around. Um, person and like during the time you spend together and it can consist of love physical contact trust which is what you've mentioned Mm -hmm. and closeness and again it is not synonymous with sex i think you'll hear me say that a couple times here throughout the episode because i think that's our quote of the week (laughs) (laughs) intimacy is not Not synonymous synonymous with sex sex. they're not the same thing um and i loved this quote that i found one of the articles it was sex with a partner can build intimacy but it is far from the only indicator of intimacy Mm, that's also a really good quote (laughs) yeah i really liked that one and then the one from psychotherapist joyce martyr oftentimes sex problems are the symptom but not the underlying issue oh a hundred percent yeah so i think that's a huge in like what you're this the experience you're talking about here is like sex was the problem and he your partner brought that to you but it wasn't the underlying issue yeah the underlying issue was distrust yeah absolutely so talking about what might cause um lack of intimacy or sex are things like age low libido stress illness mental health um pregnancy menopause painful sex stifled feelings or no communication or relationship problems Mm. so what I thought was kind of cool and interesting is that intimacy can dwindle, or and sex can dwindle as you grow closer. So I know about the. Is f- that because you're finding different forms of intimacy, so you don't feel like that's the only form of intimacy that you have? Like sex is not the only intimate act you're you're portraying with this partner. I definitely think it's a factor as long also with like. You know the relationship phases that yeah. we talk about, especially when like the cases of abuse and the cycle that it goes through. But like we talk about the honeymoon phase. I think that's mm. a well-known phase. It's that beginning, get to know a person. It's exciting. It's new. It's different. And as you grow close, you kind of like get that comfortability. And like I think it is, you find other levels of and ways to be intimate. Mm-hmm. And then you're like expressing your feelings and talking about like past histories and like just really getting into that vibe where like it's not as important. Mm. where it kind of has like that soul focus in the beginning of like that physical intimacy and contact of sex yeah because it's face value it's like oh i'm so into you you're so new i just want to like do all these intimate things into me that like to 
on a human desire level, like that is sex. Like we've been wired for sex for generations. It like, is, but you can have sex without intimacy. Absolutely. That's what that's what a one night stand is, or yeah. just like friends with benefits. It doesn't have to have that intimate feeling around absolutely. it. Sex can just be sex. Yep. But when you intertwine the two, that's when it becomes yeah very intimate. So some of the effects of intimacy. Um, I came up with communication breakdowns, mm. uh, feelings of pressure or rejection. So that's on either side, feeling like the pressure for sex or having, you know, having your advances be rejected and that mm-hmm. can cause some type of way to absolutely damage to your self-esteem. Maybe you're not as confident. Maybe your partner's made comments about it or the rejection is causing you to feel less confident. Um, infidelity. So cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it can ultimately affect in breakups. Yeah. So intimacy and sex are just very important but I think that we have to talk about like the real reasons why it happens like I think people immediately go oh well the sex is gone Mm. and it's like okay but why did the sex disappear we just talked about some of those reasonings it's not very it's not like it's not as black and white as people think it is there's so much gray area in the middle that no one talks about yeah, and it could happen. Like, you, you're, people might be like, oh, well, it's not going to happen to me in our relationship. But, like, think about if you're in a relationship and your partner gets pregnant, like, your partner is going to be out of commission for, like, six to eight weeks, I think Sometimes it is. Sometimes ten. Yeah. You, like, th- any person that's having a child, you get kind of ripped open, honestly. Yeah, like, that whole, like, our taint does not stay together, honey. Like, that shit is gone. <laughs> so, like... Like, the fuck? Give us a minute to get that shit back together. But that's the reality is you're not going to be able to have sex. So if you don't have those other ways to explore intimacy, then it can really feel like a big change in the relationship. Yeah. Or maybe you guys just get older and then sex is not that pronounced factor like it is. You are or menopause. You go through it and you're not able to have sex anymore. Yeah. Like, you just don't want and have that drive Same desire. Yeah. Your libido becomes lower. Like... I mean, I can tell you, like, compared when I'm in my, like, you know, depresso episodes, I don't want to have, like, I, my, my libido is, like, almost non-existent. I very rarely am, like, seeking sex. And when I am, it's just for the simple, like, oh, I actually feel like I might enjoy this today. Mental health can play a huge factor yep. as well as like stress. Like maybe you're just like stressed at work mm-hmm. and then you're focusing, you're putting all your focus into something else and like you just can't think about or like you just don't necessarily have that desire on the surface. Yeah. That absolutely. you're craving sex. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up like the libido change too because oftentimes you have, you know, different partners in your lifetime. Not everyone's going to have the same libido and mm-hmm. often there's a, a difference in between the two partners or more partners, how many you have. Um, and that in itself can be a balance because one person has a really high libido and somebody has a, a lower or non-existent libido and you guys have to kind of like come together. And there's also that person like me who experiences, I don't necessarily crave sex on the surface. Like I'm not just like, I'm not horny all the time. I'm <laughs> not. I don't know if that I don't. I'm like, I can make a sexual comment like all the fucking time because I'm literally, I like... You could take you like twenty minutes, and I'm good to go. Like I can, fuck. I can make all the dirty jokes. I could literally dirty talk somebody without feeling anything like a craving oh, towards no. sex. I, like, I the just, minute I start dirty talking, I am all in, baby. Let's roll. <laughs> like, maybe that's the celibacy that I had early on. Yeah. I don't know, but like, I don't necessarily have and crave sex on the surface. So, 
sometimes it's taking even that extra step to like really get into the foreplay the work of but like that can and be a also difference like, in itself between like somebody inter- with high libido yeah. who's like ready and willing to go at all times and somebody who's not necessarily or needs the work up. Mm-hmm. Or like people that need like that intellectual like conversation beforehand mm. to really like deep dive into like who you are and like you know just talk about anything really deep dive literally into anything then you can go ahead and have this you know, slow, like, starting to get more intimate where you're a little more handsy and then, you like, like you said, the slow work up into, like, the actual sexual pleasures. Absolutely. Um, I think I just want to reiterate before, like, I get into some of the tips that I wrote down for lack of sex and intimacy, just, like, reiterating that, you know, this is normal. It can happen to anyone and oftentimes does at some yeah. point or another in, like, your life. Don't it doesn't think you're excluded from this. And it doesn't mean that it's not reversible or no, like absolutely. that. Yeah, sometimes it does result in a breakup just because you guys can't get down to the root of the problem or it just isn't working out on, on that deeper level. Right. But like it can be fixed with things like communication and the stuff that we're going to talk about in the tips. Yeah. Um, but lack of, of intimacy and sex at some point or another is very common. Yeah, and whether that is just because your lives are running. Like, I'm, I feel like... Even. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people, and I, I hear this from a lot of, like, my older friends who are married and they have kids and, like, their lives are going that they feel like they're missing their partner so much more. And it's like, well, yeah, you're both separated almost, you know, 24, you know, 6, like... You know, out of the six days of the week, you're both at work for five, and then you both have to split up on Saturday or Sunday, regardless, depending on which day, to take the kids to opposite sports or to doctor's appointments or to whatever. Like, you know, one has to always say, you can't do everything in a big group and enjoy yeah. it together. You have to split your resources, and that can cause a lot of that lack of intimacy because yeah. you're not having those smaller intimate moments that are so important for building the groundwork for a physically intimate relationship even maybe you got a new job or career and it's just taking up more of your time than you originally had Mm -hmm. and now that's taken a toll and you aren't having those other moments of intimacy and so it can really feel like a huge change in the relationship absolutely let's dive into some tips on how to kind of like work through when those moments are happening absolutely so i have some for sex and some specifically for intimacy oh great i like Um, that for sex talk it out we gotta talk about communication is always the root of all fixes honestly um you guys both have to agree to make fixing your sex lives a priority Mm -hmm. um and trying to listen and not point fingers i think it's so easy when you're talking about intimacy um and and sex specifically to be like oh well like blaming statements like you don't do this for me anymore and it's like okay but what is your partner saying when you say those things like mm-hmm. you're telling them you you I feel like there's we're not having as much sex anymore and really listen to like why mm-hmm. they feel like that it, it, I know it can sometimes sound like an excuse or a reason but maybe the person doesn't feel comfortable maybe something has changed in your guy and your guys' relationship like your experience mm-hmm. where you know there's a lack of trust now mm-hmm. and, and there's not as much closeness between the two of you maybe it's a vulnerability factor like or maybe you're not close because your schedules are running opposite schedules like maybe somebody had to pick up working nights and now and you're working days so there isn't that level of like sleeping next to each other and being able to enjoy morning coffee together and, and a dinner together like those those changes you have to voice that and I think it's 
something we don't think about when we think about major changes in our life. Like, oh, I'm going to take this job in California. Like, are you, are you coming or not? Like, no, it's, it's, it needs to be a, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. Here's my pros list. Here's my cons list. Can we talk about like, what are your pros and cons to also my opportunity or, you know, this thing that's happening in our relationship? What are the pros and cons of it? How can we work through it? How does that make you feel? How does it make me feel? Yeah, and even take, like, the low low and high libido situation. It's hard to maybe, like, hear that your partner has a lower libido, and it can sometimes feel like, oh, my gosh, they're not as attracted to me. They don't want to have that type of sex. They don't love me like that. Like, that isn't necessarily the case. No. It, I can't say no. it's not. There's not a percentage that that could be yeah. the, the person's experience, but most of the time it is just something that experience it's just where you're at some people just have low libido but there's reasonings and other solutions that you can come up with okay you do need the full workup I'm listening I'm hearing that you need you know we need to really do some deep kissing and I need to like really get onto your neck and that's going to help you crave and want to have more sex yeah or something as simple as like my, my partner and I have very different libidos. He has a much lower libido than I do. Like, my sex drive is so high, and it, it always has been. And his is so much lower than mine. So, like, the meeting in the middle is very communication-based. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm feeling like we're not connected because we haven't been having sex. And he's like, I'm just tired. I'm stressed at work. Like, I just don't have the energy to put that out. So, like, how can we meet in the middle so, like, you get your needs met without me having to export extra energy for this and it's as simple as like okay well I need us to you know cuddle basically naked when we go to bed at night like because that that is a level of intimacy and it's fine if we don't fuck like I understand that that's not the end goal here the end goal is to just have a level of intimacy that can lead to if you guys are consenting to sex right and if and 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 if it doesn't that's okay but it's giving me at least on a base level the need of that deeper intimacy that I crave. The connection. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something else. Like, people think that intimacy is just like, well, it's intimacy. Like, no, intimacy is very connected as a connection to the person that you want to be connected to. And that is so important. Yeah, and it goes back to the emotional, physical, like I said, there's spiritual, intellectual intimacies. Yes. And they all come together to help make you feel close in a relationship and have that connection. I love that you brought up the the, part, the fact that your partner um, has a low libido, but like things like stress and like stuff at work can yeah. happen. I think even like bringing into the mental labor and load that can happen to somebody, like maybe it's not anything to do with being in the bedroom, but you do have children or, you know, I just need you to get the dishwasher clean and like do the dishes after dinner and like I'll have more time. Or and like I, I won't, won't have, have to worry about load. that. Yeah, yeah. And I think there, there was a great video on TikTok that I saw that this one woman was like, she's sitting there and it's like 10 o'clock and she's like, she, it's like 8 o'clock at night. She just got the kids to bed and she's thinking, okay, I gotta like, I gotta, I gotta clean up from dinner. Um, I gotta put a load of laundry in. Oh, I'm gonna go do that right now. And then while she's like, you see her like loading the laundry, she's like, having this list of thoughts like okay I'm gonna do the dishes next because those are still dirty from like literally yesterday and the dishwasher is clean but no one's emptied it so I'm gonna clean the dishwasher and then load it start that that'll run overnight and then by the time I get that done the the laundry should be done and then once I switch it over that's perfect that'll be the kids clothes for the morning but then I gotta like make their lunches I gotta do this I gotta do that and then stressed just thinking about it and then the husband comes up and is like hey baby how about tonight and she's like what 
Like I'm so like, not I'm, even thinking on that on that same mind wave. Like no, absolutely, and and that you can see that that's that level of mental load disconnect that like one person is carrying an extreme mental load and someone the other person isn't whether that mental load is like the home life or it is maybe work like maybe work is just overtaking their brain because they're working so hard for a promotion or they're working so hard on a, on a personal project that like they're not even in the realm of being able to contemplate yeah. that intimacy mental waiver can take like the capacity away from you to even think about other things it's all that your, energy your focus and energy it does it takes a lot yeah um i think that you guys ultimately have to be very honest with each other and forthcoming with your emotions and like your raw feelings yeah and try not to try not to bring those raw feelings to the table after you've already built resentment i think that can cause a really hard conversation because by the time you've hit the point of resentment there's no you can't hear what the other person is saying because you're already so hurt Mm -hmm. so like you have to talk about that before that like you get to that point like I I love the the one thing we picked up from a couple like actually not even a couple episodes it might have been last season where it's like if something's bothering you for 24 hours say it within 48 because that is so fucking important and i like i live off of that saying right now because it's it is i'm like oh this is really bothering me like we really need to talk about this and maybe maybe it goes longer than 48 hours because it's just like the timeline doesn't work out you've got work they've got work you know kids gotta get here and you don't have a moment to like convene together Mm -hmm. but make sure that you make time whether that's right before bed or hey I really want to have this conversation with you. I don't want to do it tonight before we go to bed because I know that it's a a really, like, mentally exhausting conversation and I feel like I don't have all my thoughts together right now for that. Do you think that we could get up early tomorrow morning before the kids wake up and have a conversation about this or get up early? And and you have to make time. You have to consciously make time for that. Yes, I love that because, again, it's making – you guys agreeing to make it a priority – as well as a lot of the articles are saying, like, have an uninterrupted face-to-face yes. conversation about this when you bring it up. Maybe you guys even can't even do it in the house because then you think you get into your routine. You guys are yes. all thinking about the, like, go to a coffee shop, have a drink, and just go talk about it. Yeah. And be open, forthcoming. Um, and you might have to decide if sex is a deal-breaker for either of you. Like, yeah. if you can't have sex... If something is stopped, maybe it's painful sex or something like that, and you just can't have sex, is it a deal-breaker for the other person? I think deal-breakers are something that needs to be a huge conversation at the beginning of any relationship. Like, in the dating stages, you really need to have a conversation around, like, what your deal-breakers... Excuse me. You need to have a conversation around what your deal-breakers are. And if those start to change as time goes on, you need to talk about, hey, by the way, I'm really feeling this thing that's starting to, like, manifest in our relationship. And it, it's really starting to feel like a deal breaker. Like, I'm feeling myself wanting to, like, kind of exit this relationship because this is kind of becoming a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, again, there builds that resentment. And now you're stepping out and you're ending the relationship and the other person's left with, like, well, this was okay the entire time. Why is it not now? Yeah. You you don't speak about it. How can it get fixed? Yeah. And how can your partner know that there's even a problem if you're not talking? I always say, like, your partner's not a mind reader. And as much as we sometimes feel like, you know, oh, they should know that. They should know how, what to do or how to feel, how I'm feeling. It's not the case. No, it's not. Uh, So some other tips would be being patient. I think this kind of goes more for the person that is maybe feeling like sex 
is uh, a need and they're not getting as much you mm-hmm. know being patient alongside of that partner and what has to happen in order for them to feel more comfortable or more open to having more sex absolutely um resolving conflict this is huge in any relationship but you really need to make sure that you're trying to resolve all the, the conflict that is happening around sex other uh, um, otherwise it just it builds up <laughs> You'll never have a resolution, and then ever, never, nothing ever gets resolved. Yeah, I think that there was a couple of other, like, baby steps, um, you know, working up. Maybe you can't just go straight from, like, nothing to sex, like, zero to a hundred, but you can, oh, here, I'm going to do some more kissing, and then maybe, like, elongated kissing, and you just build up from there. Like, and those also, are steps in yes. itself that help build more intimacy, which is only going to lead to more, you know, sex. And better sex. We all want you to have better sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think to that point, make sure that like if I know for myself as a woman, my cycle plays a huge role in like where my libido's at and like how well I can focus on sex. Like during my period, I or like just thereafter, I have such a hard time focusing on sex because I'm in like my brain I think I'm is too groggy. Busy sleeping. Like, yeah, like my brain is groggy. Like I just there are so many other things that I'm trying to put that like slice of mental energy that I have towards that when it comes to sex it's really hard for me to like focus on it and get into it and sometimes I'll get into it and immediately like it's like all of a sudden I'm just like out of it and like that sucks And but I'm very like boisterous to my, my partner and I'm like hey I'm sorry I'm really struggling right now like we're in the middle of it and I'm like hey I'm really struggling right now like I, I can't focus like it, it's not like I'm focusing on a million and one other things they're like, okay, well, what do you need? And, like, that open dialogue, and as awkward as it may feel to, like, open up and voice that in the middle of the dirty deed, the point of sex is for both of you to have pleasure. And if one of you is struggling with that, you need to voice that so the other person can actively help you get back to the point that you can both be enjoying it. Period. Done. Good sense. Good, 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 good. Good stuff. <laughs> Uh, so some other ones is that I think you already kind of brought this point up. Spontaneity is not always an option. Oh I know God. we're like, oh yeah, spontaneity, sex, like make it fun. Mm. But like you talk about kids and stuff, you do have children, and sometimes after they go to bed is like the only time, or like in the morning before they wake up. Like you just sometimes you, it sounds weird to plan sex, but sometimes you have to plan to have enough <laughs> time, carve that time out to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you ban sex entirely. I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but sometimes taking it off the table allows the person that's maybe feeling a bit too uh, much pressure or uncomfortable around it. Like, it just takes the load off, and they can just, you know, be intimate and work with that and build that up without having that pressure that it's going to lead to something or it needs to lead to something Mm -hmm. else. Um, And ultimately, you know, seek help. If you feel like you can't tackle it on your own, um, you know, there are couples therapy, sex therapy that are specifically geared towards um, helping you achieve that maximum pleasure and getting back to, you know, your what baseline. you consider a healthy sex life. Yeah. And your baseline, like what your your normal is. And like I, I can tell you, I kind of hate social media and, and TV shows because they 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 see all these people that have like kids and a, and a multi-million dollar business just like off gallivanting and fucking and it's like that is not reality like that is just so far from reality that it makes us when our relationships are not meeting that what we think is the expectation we kind of get like oh, 
like, you should be doing it more. And like you put that extra pressure on yourself, which will not be helpful. <laughs> so don't do that. Society's expectation is not your relationship's expectation. Have that open dialogue. Set the expectations very clear at various points. I like the whole will, want, won't list because you can check in every six months with each other to see what's changed. And that may spark an entire conversation around your sex life as a whole and just your relationship as a whole to see what's changed, what needs to change, and where are you both at mentally? And then where is your relationship at mentally? Like, you can have two different... Like, the point is two individuals coming together for a relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're both not well, your relationship isn't going to be well. And if one of you isn't well, your relationship isn't well. It's always about the weaker link. Absolutely. Uh, I have some similar type tips for intimacy, um, but intimacy again is like with or without sex and there's all different forms so uh, some good tips are to show your appreciation whether that's for your, your partner's body the things that they're doing the stuff the, the tasks that they you guys enjoy um, whatever it is showing your appreciation and gratitude towards your partner can only help build that trust and that closeness because um, no one wants to feel underappreciated. No. And, and Or taken advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. That was what I was going to say next. And you, you got it, baby. You took it right out of my word. The words right out of my mouth. Uh, take time to learn about each other. Really carve out that time and do something with it. Maybe you tackle a project together. You guys go out on dates. You guys learn and just talk and have, like, really nice open discussions. And I would recommend them being unplugged discussions. Like, where you guys maybe just take 20 minutes out of your day and you guys just shoot the shit. And whether that's, like, how your day was and then you go off into some other topic. Maybe you learn something about your partner or their past experiences. Like, whatever it is, just spending time that really good quality time is really going to help with the closeness of building that connection. Absolutely. Uh, I can I can say on a tip for that is open yourself up to this is something that's worked for me. I know that it may not work for everybody, but using journal prompts to like prompt conversations in your relationship or like weird different, you know, questions. Like I think those are so interesting to just like gain someone's different perspective on something you guys could take any of our diving in deep series episodes and take one of those questions and ask your partner and then it just prompts something from there like what is it (laughs) we are not strangers we're not really strangers it's like a great game because it's those types of questions you go on pinterest and find journal prompts yeah or like conversation like fuck you could use this or that to see like what people actually like I think those are so cool like we we get into those and we're like oh we're gonna be so similar and then we get halfway through and we're like we are not the same as how did you pick that yeah (laughs) yeah like I think those are just great ways to just have an ease of conversation for the that 20 minutes unplugged that feels really not so stressful so you're not taking that like extra level of like oh well what what do we talk about like oh no no no, here I got something like let's do this or that from Pinterest like spend like an an evening throwing them into a jar and then you guys just chuck it at each other like pass notes in class like you're in high school like yeah make it fun and interesting and new and that's Mm -hmm. just going to keep that connectivity going and like new experiences help I'm literally living that life right now i'm saying new experiences help slow down the time and make you feel like you're living your life and enjoying your relationship so take that time make it fun and unplug is my again i'm reiterating that one too because 
we're so surrounded by TVs, music, social media. Like, there's so much stuff to distract us. And sometimes it's just sitting with your partner in a dark yeah. room. How many times do you and I sit on a meeting and, like, the f- I don't even have the fucking lights on. We're both sitting Me in the dark either. and just being like, blah, 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 blah. And, like, yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important point to make is, like, I loved that you said it's like passing notes in class. Like, we used to fucking do that with a notebook. Like, we would pass that between periods. Like, hey, here's a notebook. I, like, answered, like, your note in it. And, like, it just gauges that, like, level of connectivity that you don't get to have. Like, our notebook back in high school was called the legendary notebook. I still fucking have it, I think. Like, I deadass think I still have it in a box in the basement because I just was like, oh, my God, there are so many memories in this. And I'm like... I don't think I want anyone to read this cringy shit from high school, but, like, I want to read this cringy shit from high school when I'm, like, 50. Like, this is the shit I want to keep. Um, Did you have something? I did, because when when you said the passing notes and it reminded me, I actually, I found it on social media, but there was an app that I downloaded just because, like, for future reference, I needed... I, I can't, I don't know if I would pronounce it right, but because he's got a little accent, but it's, like, agape or agape. It's okay. like Dorian finding Nemo. <laughs> um... But the app, it's like journaling, but for each other. So what happens is they Ooh. ask you a question. They ask both of you a question each day. Yeah. And you answer it, but you can't see the other partner's answer until you both have completed it, and then it sends it to each other. So, like, you guys could have a prompt that you send throughout the day while you're at work, and then you guys could be like, oh, my gosh, wait, what? After work, like, you're just, like, having questions. Like, I don't know you felt like that. Like, what do you mean you, like, think that there's, like, 11 universes out there? Like... Yeah. What? Yeah. So I was like, I haven't tried it yet, but I definitely downloaded it because I thought it would be like something interesting. That would be so cool. That's almost like the, um, for a whole year, uh, you can buy your parents like a subscription to like tell a story. So they send you like a weekly prompt or a, a daily yeah. prompt or whatever. And then, I actually like, purchased that for somebody. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought you had. So I was like, it, it reminds me very much of that. Yeah. I, I actually, I got it from my dad. Um, so I'm really actually very very grateful that I have it um, which is because so because I cool. have some of his like childhood stories and yeah. just like interesting stuff but like I have that forever now right so and you could also that have you... that forever for you and your partner and that might not be stuff that you ask like in just gen- general conversation with that other person like it, it really prompts that mind open mindedness in a relationship yeah and learning about each other is only going to keep you get keep you getting closer absolutely um my last two tips was to show physical affection with and without sex and be open about your definition of intimacy so i think Mm. the first one you you should you you don't want your partner to feel pressure and feel like everything that the affection that you're giving is feeling like it's having to lead somewhere else like it's the end there's not there's an end game like there's not a condition to it (laughs) yes so you know just going over and cuddling with your partner and then like leaving it at that enjoying that little moment of happiness between the Mm -hmm. two of you and then sometimes it is going to lead to sex but like showing your partner affection with and without sex is important yes agreed um and the, the second point is very straightforward everyone's definition of intimacy is going to be slightly different what they're looking for is going to be different and so sometimes you just have to be honest and just be like hey like this is what i find as like building intimacy and connectivity between the two of us like can we implement some of these tips Mm -hmm. so that is all i have okay this was a great episode i think we had a lot of great tips and i think we had like a lot of those like 
personal things that I feel like our beginning of season two was kind of missing. Um, more of like our personal sides and views and that un- really like unscripted conversation and mm-hmm. we weren't just info dumping. So I can say that I think I said it on our last few episodes. I'm enjoying these more unscripted episodes and just bringing a few tidbits and information like definitions to really just like open that door for that conversation that we genuinely have been wanting to explore and the whole reason behind this podcast. 100% agreed. I love the unscripted and just yeah. I, again, I love educational content. Yeah, but sometimes it does. It feels like it's a lot and like too yeah. much power for knowledge. Yeah, and it's it's very like info dumpy. Like it feels very like I'm a very inquisitive person, but like I understand that other people are you know don't yeah. want to learn twenty four seven. Right, exactly. It's like you're not growing twenty four seven. No, I'm really no. enjoying that we're just taking time to have like more open conversations. But I'd really like to have a fully like no topic picked out either just kind of conversation with you in one of these episodes uh don't we have one uh dealer's choice picked out coming <gasps> in a few weeks uh we so that's do. a new thing we're gonna be trying is a, a dealer's choice episode where one of us picks the topic and then we just talk about it and the other person has no idea until no, we just the show time up of recording <laughs> which is gonna be so nice especially for poor Alyssa here who's been doing the majority of our notes uh recently so um, I am the dealer's choice this time, so. Yeah, I'm going to show up, and she's just going to start me up. I'm just going to lay into you, baby. No, I'm very excited. I think the rest of this season is going to have some really interesting topics. Yeah. And especially with this being unscripted, it's only going to get better. Yeah, agreed. So, follow, rate, like, and subscribe. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at tabletalks.podcast. I hope that you can find some more intimate and maybe some sexual moments with your partner or just yourself and practice some celibacy maybe. Uh, But have a lovely week and we will talk to you next time.